All right, here we go. All right, all right. Check one, check two. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell. Oh man, I have an exciting episode, an awesome episode, a dope guest, my good friend. Too cool to do this. Uh, you know him from stand-up comedy. He has great albums that you gotta stream right now. He just released something on 800 Pound Gorilla, but you also might know him from Supermarket Sweeps, ABC. Also, Last Comic Standing, just a dude that uh, that I appreciate, know, and uh, have performed with, and he's the best. Give it up for DC Benny, everybody. Oh yeah. What's up, Rob? What's up, my man? Oh, it's a beautiful day. It's getting warmer. I'm, I'm psyched at the allegedly clubs are going to be sort of opening in April, sort of allegedly. And um, I don't know, <laughs> you know, that's mixed emotions, but uh, we'll see how it all goes, man. It's good to see you, bro. Good it's to see good you. to see you, man. And you're 100% right. And you just talking about this, it's just trippy to me because your background, you've just got all this light, your windows, you're out and uh, out in the county a little bit, a very dope spot out by the beach. Uh, but uh, yeah, the sun's coming out and People are getting the vaccine. I'm hearing about this. Uh, the numbers are going down. I just booked a festival in October. Nice. So it's my first like little thing, but I haven't been out, dude. I haven't been out. Like I just, I've yeah. shut it down, homie. Not, you know, I've been, I've been out around here, but you know, there's, there's nobody out around. And so it's like, you know, you can walk, you don't have to have a mask if you're outside and there's nobody around. And then, you know, you know, our big thing is going to the grocery store with the, the mask and we go to the dump. You know, that's our, you, there's, you take your trash to the dump. We're in, it's fucking rural, man. <laughs> it's like- I've been out where, now, just give me the, you don't have to give this correct, what's the county? You can just give the county out. Uh, it, it was Suffolk County. I'm, I'm at the, the end out here, and, and, you know, and it's nice, it's nice beach and vineyards and I love it and it's quiet, but it's just, you know, is different from Brooklyn where I was there for like 30 years. You know, you have your guy in Brooklyn. You, I have my Dominican guy up the street, you know, hey, you want a chicken? You got, I got puppies. I got a, I got a fucking refrigerator. You know, this guy always had everything I needed. Yeah, I, I, what's, what's the, what's the Jamaican pad pot? Yeah, what's, what's the Jamaican uh, uh, patties? Yeah. Well, the beef patty, yeah. The, the Dominicans, they got the mofongo and they got all the other stuff. Ooh. What's the Mofongo all about, man? Oh, dude, this guy had—he was my that dude. Spicy rice, just like some hardcore. Yeah, you get the—you got to have the spice, man. I've been going deep on all kinds of crazy spices. Oh, you've been cooking. You've been cooking a lot. Well, I've been doing leaning. My girl loves meat, but I lean vegetarian of late, and I've been doing a lot of like crazy curries and even like the other night. What did I make? I made it was like sweet potatoes, but they were like. Have you had these purple? They were like black sweet potatoes. Yeah, I've, like, I've, I made that with like uh, I we did a sun basket. That was, I'll say that. Have you been rocking some sun baskets? We just you know we alternate. My wife does most of the cooking because she's got specific. You know, I just want it to taste good. So that's that's my thing. Is it's yeah. gonna taste good, but it's not gonna be low calorie by any means. And she's like you know we're kind of the opposite, like the flip of you guys where I'll do more meat and she really doesn't, you know, uh, so we, but man, yeah, we just been cooking out here. And yeah, you even out. No, my wife's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're just cooking, really grilling out there. You get the fresh veggies. Yeah, man, we get the fresh veggies and, and it all grows right out here. And we oh. tearing last night of rice and beans and uh, broccoli and, uh, you know, avocado and, you know, all that. It was, it was good. Okra? It was, was there some okra involved? I'm not a fan of the okra. I'm not I a know. fan of the okra, man. It's got a Okra's a little Southern, but it's out there in those farm counties. Like you do get yeah. some, like, you see some, like even these days I see vegetables and I'm like, what the fuck is that thing? You know, there's, <laughs> there's still stuff out there. It's just like, it used to be what, going in Chinatown, you would see some unidentifiable, like, star fruit breadfruit weird thing next to the you know next to the frogs that were floating in the water getting ready to get 
diced up. Uh, I always love that vibe, but you're 100 percent right. That was the only time you saw some exotic fruits like that one that's all spiky. That's supposed to give you mm, a good honor. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, <laughs> listen, uh, it's better that than shark fins and elephant tusks and all that crap for the boat. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it's uh, but it's good, man. I love it out here. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling and, you know, I'm you see some good fruits, though, and some vegetables out there. Like I would say so, uh, the county that you're at, like I just started visiting Long Island and it is kind of like high endy a little bit in terms of like the taste and the cooking is like really good. Like you got there's like squashes out there. There's like you guys, uh, you, you see all kinds of great food. Uh, sorry, I got to let the dog out. Give me one second. <laughs> sorry about it. That's all right. Yeah, you, you got to let the dogs out. Oh, no. let the, uh, so you, how many dogs do you have? I just have uh, one big ass dog. And then, you know, when he is, I just took him for a walk and he did his business. But I don't understand it. You know, when he's standing by the door and crying, I think he got some of the dinner too. So I think it might be kicking in right about now. Um, uh, but yeah, bro, everything's, everything's good. I'm just trying to eat, figure out the plan of easing back into comedy somehow. Been doing like some Zoom shows and things like that, but trying to figure it out. I was down in DC uh, a few days ago and Tony Hi. Wood hit me up and he was at the Arlington Draft House. And I was like, oh, wow, I haven't been on stage. It's been like March 21st would have been a year. And uh, I'm like, you know, Bro, maybe I'll stop by and do five. He's like, Shorty, come on down, man. And it, it was it was crazy to be on stage for the first time, man. But I was like, oh, you went like, up. You went up at the Arlington. Up. Yeah. yeah. Like just I just did like five minutes, man. I just pulled yeah. out some old, you know, old stuff, did five minutes, you know, mask on, mask off, got the hell out of there, and and uh that was it. But it was it was cool to do a little something, man. You yeah, and I've only done it three times. And yeah, you're right. It does. That's why I haven't been sweating it. And I know you're not really sweating it. Like, nah, man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm gonna, not sweating it, man. I'm not sweating it. I'm not going to sweat it. I'm enjoying life without it. Uh, I'm going to come back to it in, in probably in a different way or whatever, as, as we all are. But I mean, I'm busy. You know, we're doing all kinds of we got a rental out yeah. here we're doing and that takes it's like i got five jobs i'm helping my wife with her company i'm yeah. writing stuff i'm teaching these good comedy classes on zoom and doing little you know doing little putting stories on youtube and stuff i love like your that. stories on youtube you shoot Thanks. like everybody check out dc stuff on youtube and he's actually got has a huge stand-up video on youtube which is one of the best stand-up videos. If you're a cool, if you're a white dude from DC, that is one of the best stand-up videos of all time. And it's titled, people don't even know his name. They just, they do know your name, of course, DC, but it's titled White Boy Kills at the Apollo. And it's like literally one of the largest videos out there on YouTube. Like it killed on World Star. Like it crosses all types of barriers. Dude, and it just goes crazy. on forever. That crazy video, uh from the apollo yes Six million views now and now people are taking it pieces of it and doing it on tiktok which i haven't even i don't even know but people are sending me neither, me, me neither dc i know I understand that shit bro i don't understand it man like but that said is so funny he does he, he just you had a i mean you've always had great rhythm and timing but your timing and just I don't know where you were in your life, where the Apollo was at the in its life. Like it was just two worlds met, and you just had a, a great ass set and just ripped it at the Apollo. It was uh, hey, you know, it was. Uh, I think it was my third time there. I was a little comfortable, you know. The first two times, I was shitting my pants like that. This is I'm gonna bomb. The first time was my first TV, you know, set ever. And I was like, you know, everybody was getting booed off. And th that's how I got on. They're like, you want to go on, you know, all the acts, Steve Harvey got booed off. It comes back, his toupee's all tilted. He's sweating, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
That's how long ago. Kid from DC. No, I, I and everybody. I've been doing stand up for like twenty years, and DC Benny is was always a a, a a figure that was way ahead of me, and he's been doing it maybe thirty years. But yeah, you're just a kid from DC right after college. I don't even know if you went to college. You came right to New York in the early '90s and started doing like Def Jam rooms, all the different rooms. But you were grinding. I mean, you even go back to Garvin's. I mean, you go back to DC Garvin's. If anybody wants to know about DC stand up, Garvin's was like the original 80s stand up room and everybody loved it. It was like the room to play on the road and it had a cool scene. And you came in towards the end of that, right, DC? Yeah, I came in <clears throat> the first time I was at Garvin's. I don't know if we talked about it, but the first time I was at Garvin's, I was in college and I wanted to try stand-up. I was at University of Maryland and I'm like, I want to try. I'd been messing around doing like talent shows, like do actually doing funny raps, ironically enough, you know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you We're going to jump on a track, DC. DC and I have been <laughs> talking about spitting some bars together. I'm just, I'm talking to different producers. We're moving around. Yeah, yeah. Up, bro. I was, I was doing that and I, but I'm like, God, and, and one of my friends is like, I'm, they had a talent show at University of Maryland. I'm like, I got to try this stuff. And, and, and then my friend was like, let's go down and see some stand-up comedy. I'd never seen live stand-up comedy. And yeah. it was at Garvin's. And it was, Chappelle was Where there. is Garvin's in DC? Is that Georgetown? Was it like- It was down, it was down by, uh, God, by like K Street kind of, like by K yeah. and- like 14th it's, it's kind of that area. The yeah, 14th U, which is now it's hip, but it was super, it was, it was a very, yeah, I got what you're saying. It was a very DC old town. D yeah, down it was in the alley, but it was the quintessential comedy club with the brick wall. It was the quint, it was awesome, right? Yeah. And uh, dude, <laughs> I went there and it was a comedy contest and Chappelle was 14 and he was in the contest. And it was like, and there was a, uh, there was a, Bunch of other guys. I've told this story a million times, but there was a bunch of but other please guys. Please tell it. Yeah. And one of the guys was, you know, the hot dude at the time. He was getting ready to go to uh, do the Tonight Show. He was yeah. going to fly to, you know, do the Tonight Show in LA. The manager. He was the, yeah, yeah. Club, the club loved him. He was the club favorite. And he was a grown man. You know, he was a grown man. And uh, there was this comedy contest and we watched it and Chappelle ripped, right? This <laughs> kills. He's 14, he's doing like this goofy stuff about like Batman and Robin trying to fight crime in his neighborhood, and, like incredible Hulk jokes, but it's all adults in this room. And they're all laughing at this 14 year old kid. And I'm like, wow, this guy just smoked this thing. Yeah, because DC won't give it to you. The town won't give it up to you. You have to be really funny. So if he's getting real laughs, like that's incredible. And then, yeah, I could see that it just being- In a way to me, he was funnier than than he is now he's like so much more you know political now and 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 you know i mean he's no no i know what you mean i used to see DC, like i saw him at the punchline like you know he just did half baked but, but it was before the Chappelle show but i remember my bits i loved was him being spider-man in the hood and he would shoot yeah. the web and he would climb yeah. up he would do all like these funny like and he you know he's like a lanky funny dude so he could pull it off and he had a really like colorful stoned uh imagination like he did really out there shit yeah and that's what i liked about it. it was just goofy it was goofy stuff and it 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 was funny but it also, it had some, definitely some social commentary for, for, for such a young age. And uh, always pro-black, like, I, it's just yeah. like, it's been in a line, even though he's so goofy, it's like, it's almost militant, like intellectual, like all the way through, like all the way through. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a super smart dude. I mean, he, and even, I mean, back then you could, use, I saw him like, damn man, this kid's smart. Like, he's just so smart. And the, and all the punchlines were surprises. You didn't see any of them coming. It was great. Oh, wow. So he goes on kills. This other guy goes on, does, does well, but there's no comparison. And the other guy wins the contest, right? And <sighs> I remember walking out of it, like, I'm with my friends and I'm like, what the fuck is this? What is this? This, this kid just blew this thing up. And I, and I remember seeing Chappelle at the bar, like, oh man, he's sitting there just like, oh man. And, uh, <laughs> Cause it was such a, and then- yeah, he was bummed out. I totally get you. Cause kind of that old eighties comedy guard, yeah. when the old guard, 
takes over. I don't know, man. Some of these guys got to die out. They know they never die out. And then all of a sudden you're a part of this old guard and they only go, you know, they're loyal to what they're loyal to. Well, you know, it's it's still it's still the same with these, you know, contests. I've never seen a contest that wasn't rigged in one of these. Yeah, you know I mean, you you did last comic standing. I did last comic standing. No comment. But there's, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I wasn't betting on me to win that shit. I'll tell you that. I was like, this dude or this dude. You know what I mean? No, I've but, never been good at contests. But I always like if it's a bunch of them, I got one night. That's the thing about my comedy, DC. I'll never be cocky. But if you catch me on the wrong night, <laughs> there's always going to be one night I'm going to hit the sweet part of the bat. I don't always hit the sweet part of the bat all the time, but there's going to be I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a run for the money. So I always get like one good night. And then I it's a lot of those competitions are consistency. Like you really have to prove it a certain you have to win the night every time. And everybody knows who won the night. They also they, there also has to be there's a marketing aspect as well. You know, which at I guess at that time, this dude, the other guy was about to do the Tonight Show. So, you know, they're like betting on this horse. Yeah. You know, the club owner. So he, from what I understood, he went out to tape the Tonight Show and had some kind of nervous breakdown and broke down in hives and couldn't even do it and had to fly back. And meanwhile, <laughs> the bell, you know, blows up and, and you know, haven't really heard about that other guy. So... I that think was, I did a show with this dude. His, I, I, it's an older white guy. Is that? Yeah. yeah, I know this DC. I've played with him once before, and he tells this story over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> well, that guy. Uh, so that was my first exposure to stand up. And I'm like, I got to try this stuff. And yep. then I just went on at University of Maryland and did like some impressions, you, you know, of, of the uh, uh, professors and stuff like that. And then, and then, there was the comedy connection in Greenbelt, Maryland that Tony Woods used to host. And what's that dude's name? Chris, Chris Thomas. Yes. The the, yes. The, the, Chris Thomas from Rap City on yeah. BET. And he also was a DJ at PGC, I believe, one of those uh, yeah. hip hop stations. DC, Washington, DC had two of the best hip hop stations growing up 95.5. <laughs> and then the other one was Kiss FM. And well, he uh he 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 hosted a night and, and I went on there and then oh, and then wow. I just ended up in New York. I did comedy like on and uh, in in DC for about three four years. Then I moved to New York like ninety one ninety two something like that, and was and and couldn't get on anywhere. Didn't know anybody and ended up at the Uptown in Harlem because they were like, we'll throw on a white guy. And uh, that was it. I became my home club and I started hitting that every weekend. And, you know, there were booings. <laughs> there were booings, but I mean, I learned, you know, it was boot camp, man. It was boot yeah. camp. So you're saying, yeah, there's something about New York coming to New York. And I did San Francisco like three or four years. I did three years in San Francisco, two years in LA, but you just start all over in New York. Like, yeah. would you say you learned how to be a comedian in New York? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, there was barely anything that I could transfer from D.C. Because I'm doing jokes about the fucking Metro bus in D.C. <laughs> you know, and, you know, it didn't translate. It was like all this local stuff. So I, you know, uh, but, but, I, but the thing about it is New York is the city that you can, you're so absorbed in it that there's so much material coming at, potential material coming at you, the subway, the cabs, the people, the homeless, the smells, the sounds, the, you know, the, the crime, everything. There's just so much. And I'm living in the Bronx. I'm living in, in across from the Port Authority. And it's just like, for me, it was just like my brain opened up and all this shit just dumped in and I just distilled it. And then being a white guy in Harlem at the time, this, was, this wasn't like Bill Clinton Harlem or whatever, you know, later what it's become, it was Harlem and, and, you know, having to go to those shows and having to deal with dudes who came every week to heckle me, specifically to heckle me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it made me strong, you know, it made me strong. And that was, I would never, I wouldn't change any of that. that oh, was like, dude, you saw a part of America that very few people get to see. And then to see Harlem and to perform comedy in Harlem, which is, you know, African-American, pretty much the central of culture there. 
and to get get to perform there and just the vibe up there and during New York during that time like who else was up there wasn't Tracy Morgan didn't he do a sketch group up there dude dude at the okay so there's Uptown Comedy Club I was there when Tracy Morgan came in he was new he had this beanie propeller hat <laughs> I know Beanie propeller hat. Which is funny right out the gate. Which is funny just right out the gate. It was hilarious. Just, he was so physical. That was his thing. It wasn't like, oh, what, what incisive writing. You know? <laughs> no, no. Dude, this guy was so goddamn funny. It was so funny. Uh, he used to do this bit about, um, it, was, it was like a boxer getting hit and falling down and going into... Uh, what is that called? Like, uh, you know, ha like having like the aftershock when he's knocked out or whatever. He would do that uh, on stage <laughs> and somebody hired him to go do that during a basketball game, like walk out and pretend he was having a seizure and they called an ambulance and all this stuff. And it was so convincing. And I, it's, you can't describe how funny his physicality was, you know, it's like, Dude, I toured with him for a year and a half. I'm a huge Tracy Morgan, and I've just witnessed it. And and I come from stand-up, stand-up, but he's just pure, funny, just goofball. But uh, Artie had a great story about doing a room in Brooklyn. It was like this hood room. Like it was- Probably. It's probably But he said he went up and bombed. Everybody just bombed, right? And just, and Tracy went up and he just went, yo! And then he lifted up his T-shirt and yeah, yeah. Went, whoa, whoa. he goes, you know what that is? That's a Brooklyn mating call. And the whole crowd went, yeah. and busted out. He said, no, everyone was dying. And then Tracy went up there and just did this goofball shit and just killed. And everybody just lifted him up like he was the funniest. You know, it's just that comedy is as as much as you plan it out. And that's what I love about it. It really is the moment. You know, you can't, yeah. it really, the funniest shit is, you know. Well, he, he was like, uh, I mean, the guys that came through there, there was, uh, I mean, Jameek, who's JP Justice now. There was Flex, who hosted. There was this guy, Monterio Ivy, who passed away. Maceo, Maceo used to go up uh, as a character, like as this Caribbean guy. Everybody thought Maceo was actually this Caribbean guy, you know, with, but he was Maceo. Uh, there was- Yeah, I know him, he's a nice dude, man. And I, yeah, 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 he always did like sketches. He'd always did, he had like sketch comedy in his toolbox, you know? And in that scene, yeah, anything goes, <laughs> definitely. He had a TV show that was the Uptown Comedy Club. So it was all those guys. And that's really my understanding uh, how Def Jam came to be, that Russell Simmons saw that he saw, and it might've been even prior to the TV show, but he saw that whole, he came to the Uptown, saw that and was like, and made a TV show basically seeing that vibe there and seeing like, I mean, when you would kill there, oh my God. Oh, like, there's, yeah. People are on bleach, there were bleachers, just surrounded by bleachers in this bare room and the floors would shake, like people are stomping, it was, it was insane, and and to be, oh, a, wow. to be a white guy killing in that environment, that was even elevated because people came to see me to bomb or or <laughs> they wanted you to bomb. Yeah, they wanted you to. But that's the thing about that that how hard you kill the risk factor. That's what that's what when you said it, and I've been in those rooms and I've killed and and I've died also. Like there's a risk factor because people just lose their ass, like literally lose. Like, oh, not nice bombing, but like, boo, go kill yourself. Like, yeah. you're the worst. <laughs> like, Man, I mean, you know, you catch those, you catch those brutal bombs and it, it shakes you to the core. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not I just- I saw somebody at the Boston Comedy Club, like, like one of those Tuesday nights when I started popping up and I would see dudes like come in from Iowa or Ohio, literally quit comedy on that stage. Like literally just like, Oh my God, like come in with all the full force of everything and just die a brutal death in front of like five people, you know, and they think, and you come to New York. The thing that I trip out about UDC and David Tell or everybody 
that was ahead of me, like people don't understand, like the nineties was thin for stand up. Like you had to be really good. So the guys that made it like you and Attell and like Jim Brewer and like, you guys had to be really, really, you couldn't be halfway good back then. You had to be all the way good. Yeah, look, uh, when you say make it, that's, uh, I appreciate it, but you know what I mean? But uh, on the uh, the other, you have to be undeniable. No, but your career, uh, anybody look at your IMDB, your career is amazing, dude. You've done film, you've done television, you've done uh, acting, like, you know, just being a kid from DC, you never thought you would make it this far. I mean, it still kind of trips you out. I'm very, I'm grateful for what I've done and, uh, and, and everything. And, and, you know, the thing about back in that time, is you just had to be undeniably funny because you're just surrounded by, you know, I mean, the Boston Comedy Club, man, every weekend it was like stacked lineups, Jeff Ross, uh, fucking uh, uh, Chappelle, uh, Reggie McFadden, uh, uh, God, Red Johnny and the Round Guy. Uh, I mean, you know. That was a full scene. And I really think like the Chappelle show like whatever that vibration was of funny was that era was that time was like you guys all building up in the village and it was like nyu students and puerto ricans from the bronx and like nerdy comedy people and yuppies like it all just i've never seen anything blend together that much and it's not that way anymore but it was like literally like one of the most like I don't know, so many cultures. and It was New York. It was New York. It was a perfect, was a perfect audience for me. I, I loved it because, yeah, like you said, it's like there was no, there, nothing was homogenous about it. It was <laughs> everything. Yeah. It was like a, a, everything in every age group and like, I, I mean, and it was like you had to make these mental people. facility. There were smart people. There's a homeless person. There's somebody there's looking some for coke. Asses, there's some bridge and tunnel. There's some, yeah. you know, this and that and whatever and 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 drunks and I mean, it and it's like you know, it was just you had to bring it. You really had to bring it. And I have not really seen that kind of vibe since. You know, where it was just like the killing. You know, the 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 level of these like i mean if you go around the corner to the comedy cellar it's like there's star talent there's great talent there that performs or whatever but the crowd is different the crowd is kind of cultivated you know it's it, it, they, they behave or whatever this was fucking animal house yeah. like <laughs> this is animal house in new york there was no there was no internet so it was just on the street was just wild so just walking around there some dude has a snake, there's a rapper over there and there's some movie star and there's falafel and a heroin deal. Like it was all going on in the comedy club. That was like the calm place, you know? Yeah, yeah. But now it does seem like, uh, yeah, the it was more, I don't know, uh, Patton was saying something about it, but when I did find stand-up comedy in 99, it felt like finding jazz. Like it felt like it, it was some forgotten art form and then I was like, holy shit, these guys are some of the coolest, smartest, you know, seeing Hedberg, you know, rise out of, I saw Tom Rhodes, Arge Barker, W. Kamau Bell, Al Madrigal, all out of San Francisco, like. Uh, hot scene out over there. It was I mean, a hot scene, dude. I was just thinking about it. I was a young man and I, I was at a lesbian bar doing an open mic at San Francisco. And I looked to my right and there's Robin Williams. And I talked to Robin Williams. Wow. You know, and it was like 1230 on a Tuesday and I was just like, it was like 2001 and he was just kind of getting back into it. And there was like, a, you know, there's a scene, there's a loop. And I was just live, I was ride or die in this scene of, uh, and I loved it. I did, cause I love coffee and weed. I know, you know, I had some weed. Anybody, I just want to give a plug tonight. Today I'm drinking, it's called Black Gold Brooklyn. And uh, they're, they're in Brooklyn. They're a great roasting company, but they're really good coffee. But yeah, I started in San Francisco and the weed there was great. And I grew up in D.C. And we had terrible weed back in the 80s and 90s. And just to go out to California. To get those nickel bags from the Jamaican in the red hat. And you had to try, you had to not get ripped off. You know, you had to like, yeah. you had to do like open sesame and make sure you got the little brown sack. <laughs> Are you talking D.C. or are you talking New York? In D.C., man, it, there was Summit Hills Projects and Paddington Square was like right on the outside. Summit Hills is actually where Tony Woods, Martin Lawrence and 
uh, Tommy Davidson all came out of there. Is that kind of Adams Morgan-ish or is it like over? Here, Bethesda, Chevy Chase High School, East West Highway. Yeah. And, and now I don't, I don't know if it's projects anymore. I don't know what it is now. It looked real nice when I drove by it, but it was this huge, this huge, these huge housing projects. And if you wanted weed, be like me and my, my white friends, you know, mom's station wagon, we drive in there. You, got, you know, be like. Coming like, hot in from Northwest. Coming in <laughs> hot from Northwest. Oh man, it wouldn't be like these little, and you get these little paper sacks, uh, the little brown envelope paper sacks, are like five dollars or ten dollars, and you know, with lots of seeds and stems and whatever. But it I worked. Jamaica, man. Yeah, no, no, that was some good Jamaican weed. Uh, yeah, New York always had. Yeah, there's that weed for. I think that was the good city weed, or that would come into D.C. But yeah, man, it was. It was. It was hard to come by, but I waited tables. So by then it was kind of adult land and I knew enough people that I could get weed. Um, but you always had to know a dude. Uh, New York, I, I lived in the Bronx first at, at like uh, 190th and Fordham Road. I'm living in the Bronx. Wow. And Did you have roommates or did you have your own? I got a, I found a uh, place for 400 bucks. Uh, yeah. Like nobody wanted to live there. So I mean, like, you know, it, it, it was on top of a, and it was on top of a Jamaican patty place, right? Jamaican patty spot. Love Jamaican patties. Yeah, man. So I'm, I go in there and I'm like, God, this place, this place is doing a lot of business, but they got like five patties in the, in the heater. You know, I'm like, why? Well, like people keep coming, constant flow of customers in there. And I figured out it was a weed spot. And, I, and so I, I used to go downstairs and just get my little, Again, the little bags for yeah. like five, ten dollars. And the lady first, I had to, she thought I was a cop and I showed her my driver's license. I'm like, I live upstairs. Yeah, you got a cop vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Even a, like you definitely have an 80s undercover cop vibe all day. Oh, it was crazy, dude. It was crazy. That was my intro, but that was very convenient. That's living great there. convenient. And that food is delicious. I love a good uh yeah. Uh, patty and some good herb and it's not like I always I like the herb in Jamaica I know you and I have talked about like I don't like the super duper herb I just need uh, I just need a little bit you know I got my glass one hitter here and that's it you know that and a good cup of coffee now do you drink coffee at all DC I love here I love coffee but I can't have it now because I get uh I get like I get like panic attacks if I had caffeine and me do not do well now. I have a little bit of green tea. I can do a little bit of green tea. But nice. if I have coffee, I can have coffee ice cream. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love some good coffee ice cream. But it's been like about 10, 12 years. And my wife is the same thing. We can't have coffee, but the smell of it, man, I miss it. I'll tell you, I miss it. You yeah, know? the smell, I really do. And the same thing with herb is like, those two smells are like two of my favorite, but yeah, yeah. your gut, you got to watch your gut. Even today, like I've been drinking, I drink a lot, you know, I'm getting up there in years. So it's like, I got to watch out how much coffee I drink. People over coffee, man, they blow their colon out. You got to watch it. Yeah, I can't, it just doesn't, it didn't. Uh... Or do you wake up and just go tap water? What's your first thing in the morning? Well, for the last few weeks, the first thing has been trying to meditate. That's my my new thing is trying to do that. It's okay. very, it's not easy. It's not easy. And then I'll go heat it's up my practice. Green. Yeah, you know. I always I, say that. I, 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 you know, I, I'm giving it a shot. You know, it, it does help with the, it does help with the anger. It does, say. dude. I have to do it. The last five years, I've have to do it. I have to do it or I lose it. Well, you know, I got, I, Greg Rogel, who uh I, I always you know very funny very That's funny great stand-up new york comic yeah that did the tonight uh, show david letterman just just a stone cold killer essential comic you know this yeah. guy you know but uh, he always this dude was so angry all the time he'd be like well Gail, man he'd always be like you know he was always going off and everything and then he kind of one day i saw him and he was kind of mellow and then after after that he was kind of mellow he just, and i was like dude what are you doing are, are you on some you like you're taking some and he's like no i've just been meditating he's been meditating so i'm like he's like i'm telling you the shit works so then i started doing it a little bit and uh it, it it's good uh, it's I, it it helps me you know i don't know what that has to do with coffee but that's kind of one of the first things in the morning. Oh, no it does fire your brain up it gets what they call monkey mind what i'm in you and a lot of i've been doing this tibetan i've been reading i read books on 
but a lot of it's just capturing your monkey mind, which isn't real. That's your ego, which isn't real. What is really real is just our organic self, you know, that sun refracting off of you. We're a part of the plants. We're part of the earth. But then we have this thing, but we're in show business. So it really fucks with us. So then we have the ego that goes, you got to do this. You got to do this. Oh, if you get this, you're going to win it all. You're going to be so safe. You're going to be so happy. But the whole time life is just like, dude, you're just a rotting orange. Okay. You're an orange and you are falling apart. So you might as well just sit in the sun, my man. Oh, shit. Uh, Are you, so you're smoking a little bit and you're meditating a little bit and you're doing shows on. They throw the weed out here. So that's what uh, I'm hearing. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's it's very like fresh and mushy. And that's Martha Stewart country, man. They know how to do blueberries and and outdoors okay. growing. It, it, I, dude, America needs legalized cannabis. Like, yeah, you can grow it in all these great places. There's a guy not far from me, you know, within uh, a seven minute walk, I'd say a 10 minute walk. And I don't know how he gets away with it, but he's got like a crop. Uh, <laughs> he's got some kind of crop going and, uh, you know, uh, you can and- grow it for CBD. I'm talking to this guy, these farms out in Pennsylvania that are growing hemp that are just, they don't have THC in them. So uh, you do, it's just a new market that's coming out and spring up as it should. If, we go legalize uh, across the country, hemp will come back into effect. And hemp, you can actually like make plastic with it. You can make paper with it. Like it's like a bioproduct that's really like malleable and it has a lot of great uses. So people are are being able to legally grow it. And I have been, oh, that's it. He's working with the Amish. I'm I'm interviewing this dude. Yeah, he has a co-op of 12 Amish dudes growing weed in Pennsylvania. Oh man, that Hershey's chocolate's gonna come in handy. That is man. Wow, I never would have thought that the Amish growing smoke. That's awesome. They should. I'm thinking about being Amish, man. I love uh yeah, I love what you were. I was thinking about you. I know you miss the city, but isn't it fun just to put your phone away and you're working on this house and you're working on the apartment? Isn't it nice just to work on a task? Like we're at the age where it's like, I'm gonna go to the hardware store, I got this things to do list, I'm gonna knock this out today, I'm gonna drink this seltzer. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I enjoy it. I have uh, I love it out here. You know, I love not having to worry about parking my car it getting broken into 8 million times and oh. and uh you know uh just being I go ride my bike, I go fishing. Uh I got a BB gun, dude. My neighbor gave me a BB gun. We have like little BB gun wars in the back. Oh, and, nice. uh, I mean, it's like I've regressed to a kid again, you know. I I and I, I love it, man. And and do you got yeah. a bike? I got a bike, like bicycle. You know, I ride yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> I get the old school BMX. You gotta- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, uh, I'm I'm happier than I've ever been in my life out here, man. I have to say, it's just, you know, and, and I would have never have thought that without stand-up comedy, without doing it for essentially a year, uh, I, you know, cause that's, that's what feeds us and that's, I've found other ways to distill it and put it out there. And I'm really enjoying putting these stories on YouTube and teaching. And they're so hilarious. Yeah. Check out your stories. You got a great Cosby. We won't go into it, but it's on YouTube. But like you've done, like you warmed up for the Cosby show. You were on that. And then I saw you were on your first TV appearance was an after school break special. You played the MC of a, it was like MC. And I was like, Oh my God, he was on like a real after school break special and you played a comedian? Well, what was so, here's the scandal about that thing. There was a girl, I forget her name, Carrie something. And she starred in it. And she was uh, the youngest comedian ever to be on Arsenio at like 14 years old, right? And and they gave her a movie, an after school break special movie where she's a young stand-up comic. And I was like, the mentor, whatever the hell it was that was, you know, hosting or whatever. And Barry Katz managed her, who is uh, infamous. Barry Katz managed, managed me too as well. Yeah. Yes. And me at some point. Yeah. And it came out, she wasn't 14. She was like 19 or something. <laughs> <laughs> After they shot this thing, she was on Arsenio. So it was like this huge 
early. Oh, yeah, that was some Millie Vanilli. Barry Satch pulled a Millie Vanilli. He listened to Millie Vanilli. He was like, Barry, oh, yeah, okay. The wings. She, she, she looks really young, but I'm like, damn, she's so mature sounding. You know, that was so before good. the internet showbiz would do like, like just tricky. Yeah, people would just lie and say, yeah, that's what I am. That's what I do. Well, I think I'm sure Barry coached her to do that, you know, or whatever. But that was her hook is like the youngest female stand up. Arsenio had her on. Wow. You know, it, it was like a it was a big deal. I carry something. I figured she was a sweet girl. And then it came out, you know, she was like 19 or 20 or I don't I don't remember. That was <laughs> She's like a grandma now. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> so that was uh, that's that was the story behind that thing. It's oh, very scandalous. Very scandalous. Very scandalous. Um, well, man, are you going to be on Supermarket Sweeps coming up? Should we check it out, man? That's so cool that Leslie Jones got you hooked. Like she threw you, you know, isn't that dope? That's a good look. Dude, Leslie Jones came through for me. You know, we did a tour. We did a Netherlands tour together. It was me, her and Ben Bailey before anybody was anybody. No cash cab. <laughs> no, no. I remember you guys before. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. And uh, it was great. We had a blast. We just had a blast. all great comics. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and and we just bonded. It was just the three of us, and we're you know Americans there, and Leslie's killing it, and uh, and I remember she like she liked this like Turkish guy at this shawarma place. She's like he looked like Sylvester Stallone, right? And she kept going by and stalking this Turkish guy at this shawarma place. And I was like, Leslie, this guy's kind of sketchy, you know, whatever. She's like, nah, he looked like Sylvester Stallone. And then the guy was like trying to hook up with her and get her in the meat locker behind the shawarma place. I was like, Leslie, you, Ben Bailey and I were like, you are not going in that meat locker with the shawarma guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, he's not a good look. He's got the tribal tattoos. This dude's got a glint in his eye. Not that I'm sure she she would have been fine. She probably would have snapped his neck, but it was just so funny. Yeah. You know, we just had some great times here. And then, you know. I knew a female comic that got married over there. Yeah, they would go over there and see all those soldiers. Like, that was their thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it was, look, the Netherlands is awesome. We had a great time. Oh, wow. And she uh, threw Did you guys do Amsterdam? Were you in Amsterdam? Amsterdam and Rotterdam. Did you smoke herb so, on that tour? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Leslie... Leslie went up and got a match from a cop, you know, to light her fucking split, you know, and she thought that was like a big thing, you know, we, we had a, oh my God, it was That's so awesome. That I got awesome. so lost one night, I was so baked, I couldn't, I got lost. Yeah, you get lost in Amsterdam, I've done that. You come out of this coffee shop. I could not find my way home and there was this store called the Ooster Geschenken House, right, that I knew as a, that was near the hotel and I'm lost and I'm lost for like an hour and a half and it's terrifying and it was late you know and it was getting sketchy and then it was like oh I saw the Ooster Geschenken house I'm like yes because we had been making fun of the name the whole time the Ooster Geschenken house you know and uh I got back to the but we had a we had a great time she reached out through Lenny Marcus you know another another good friend and and they both he, the best part of this is nobody ever remembers you as a, you know, when they blow up. It's very rare that somebody remembers and reaches out. It's just, and um, she not only reached out, you know, to put me on, but when the producers were like, uh, well, you know, this guy's a little old. <laughs> uh, 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 Lenny Marcus said to him, well, Leslie's not asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's exactly the demo of, no, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you can start the show, it. man. You got to put in your people, man. That's the gig. That was it, man. It was it was great. And I'll see if it's getting renewed. I mean, she got the numbers. It's kind of she got the the ratings. It's if she wants to do it, you know. Uh, so we'll see. And um, that's network. Know. I mean, I'm, I don't I'm not asking money, but that's network money. Usually is pretty good. It's not bad. It's not you know. It's it's game show. So game show is a little bit different yeah. than like you know whatever but it listen man it, yeah, nobody's it, making friends 90s money nobody's doing yeah, that but it's yeah but it's still yeah, a good look it's still a good look i still i mean as much as everybody says internet internet all day 
I still like acting. I got to do the last OG. Like I want to pop up. I'm I, I, I got I got a couple. I could do two or three lines. Like I want a couple. I like yeah. I like them. I like being on set and having snacks. I like that shit, man. Yeah. These comics go are anti acting. I'm like I've done a lot of stand up, man. I've I've done some fun shows. I think I've I I I love it forever. But uh, yeah, mix it up, man. I'm doing a hip hop album. I'm releasing some music. I'm doing the oh. podcast. Awesome. Well, that's what it is, man. You're, you know, you're a Renaissance man. You got to be a Renaissance man and, and have a multi-pronged approach within this industry. And it's also, you know, one hand feeds the other, you know, it's like, uh, to me, you know, supermarket sweep is not intrinsically showing me off as a standup, but it gets eyeballs on me and people are like, oh, who's this dude? And then they can go see my a special on YouTube or, you know, or, or, you know, whatever else I put, maybe I get some Instagram followers and they see I put up these videos, the stories and stuff, or, you know, maybe someone wants to take a comedy class that teach them a little comedy class. So it's all one thing feeds the next thing, you know? And um, I, I love that. I like, I like to do different stuff too. Yeah. It's all about staying in the game and staying positive. You know, I really think it's been a mind game and uh, it's just hard, you know, but life is hard no matter what you do, you know, just, it's always going to be hard. But if you have like right now, if you just keep on doing the shit, something's going to work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were you you got that nice opening for Tracy gig that came out of nowhere. Did. You know, I mean, that's how it happens. This shit comes out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. Year, and I was looking the other direction and it wasn't I, something I was looking. And then it ended up being a year and a half of good work. You know, it was just like there's oh. a year and a half of good work. And I was literally biting my nails. Oh, you know, almost getting thrown out of the apartment type shit. And then that type of shit comes along. And then that gave me a little bit of breathing room. But then we shut this down for the COVID. But I think mentally, I just needed it. Physically, I needed it. I just been going hard in the paint. I know you've been going hard in the paint for longer, but just like, you know, no years off, 20 years, just always going out, always thinking about it, you know, not having the super plush plush. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, the, the thing is that it forced me to diversify, you know, I had attempted to kind of diversify financially before find like other sources of income or whatever, which didn't necessarily pan out because stand up takes so much of everything. Yeah, so, you, you know, but now it's like we we set up, we got a little rental out here that makes you know that helps youtube page people are making money off of their youtube page like I, there's just it's a world of side hustles <laughs> how the fuck do they do that i gotta no i heard out. the number is a thousand subscribers on youtube have you got a thousand yet dc I almost ten thousand and i don't know how to uh, i gotta figure that out you, you gotta know? get it yeah i it's beyond me but you gotta google that man i think there's a button you gotta push and there's money waiting for you i don't know dude <laughs> That's what somebody told me that, yeah, that you can start. I don't know. Some of these podcasts are so huge, you know, what do you I mean, I got to let you go. What do you think you got? You got to add. I was going to try to ask you about the today's term of the stand up scene. Like, what do you think of it? You know, I'm writing and I don't know if this will ever get made, but, you know, I'm writing a little script, right? A little short film right now, just about this cancel culture, a comedian that gets canceled for like something that would typically be innocuous you know what i mean and i i feel like i don't know i mean i feel like it's that's just a great idea you shouldn't said it on the podcast that's a good idea dude and uh yeah that would be like make a great short film and a character study for sure man i don't know what you know i was talking with this guy he we were kicking this idea around i'm like let's write it let's shoot it let's see what happens i don't know you know, uh, uh, so I'm fiddling around with it or whatever, but I, I feel like uh, this stand-up, I, I don't know, it's I, it, it, just the, I, I'll put it to you this way. It was, a, it was a little before COVID, I did one of those Brooklyn shows. And you remember Brooklyn? Brooklyn shows were like, you know, whatever. And it was, it had just changed uh, bookers or, or it just changed hosts but I've been doing this show for years. It was like one of those hot shows to do in Brooklyn. They just changed the hosts, uh, but it's still the same place, the same show. And I get there and I've been doing this thing for years. And every, I made a point that every time I was there, I did new, I did different material, different material every time I was there, you know? So nobody 
because I was kind of one of the older cats doing it. It was like young, hip, you know. Yeah, you know, that's a good move. You know, I just wanted to, you know. Let them know that, you, yeah, you're still writing because that's the thing about stand-up. If you don't write, it doesn't matter how funny those jokes are. Nobody gives a fuck after a while. <laughs> like, what can you say if somebody comes in and blows it up every time? You know, I mean, I was like 10 out of 10 for 10 in that place. And uh, yes. so I'm, I'm there, to, you know, whatever. And uh, before I go on, one of the uh, chicks who books it or produces or does whatever comes over and she's like, OK, just uh, no misogynistic jokes, no jokes about like rape no jokes about like this. And, and then she ends it with, and no jokes doing voices from people that are from countries you're not from. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Do you know what I do? I do characters from all over. You know what I mean? You're just, are you, are you kidding me? Like, I couldn't believe someone was actually telling me that also on the heels of me being there and for years, like doing whatever I do, and nobody's like, I don't go there to offend people. I'm not a, I'm not. No, I'm no, not, no, yeah, you're not. one of the best comics of all time. Yeah, everybody knows it, but it, it, it steered you weird. Well, the thing is, is like, I like people to have a good time and laugh. Some guys get off on offending half the crowd and they think that, you know, it's been, you know, that you're not doing your job. And like, I don't, I don't believe that shit. I just want people to have a good time and yeah, laugh. Yeah. The highest compliment is like, let's say, I'm doing an Indian character. If an Indian guy comes up to me, he's like, yo, that shit was dope. That sounds, that was pretty goddamn close to how it sounds. That to me is the highest form of, of flattery. You know, if I can, if I can do that, you know, whatever the character is. Um, and so I, I never went back. I was like, I'm never going back to this room. I can't, I can't, is that what the state of comedy is? But at the same, you know, at the same time, I feel like all that clubs are kind of funky too right now. That's the only thing that yeah, it's a little funky. This alt right shit scares the shit out of me, man. Oh yeah, oh that <laughs> article, that crazy article. I, yeah, but it, I mean, some of that shit. There's some truth in. I mean, when we were coming up, I don't remember Nazis marching on Charlottesville. You know that yeah. just that just fucked with my head, and then me just seeing everything, and I just know how humor works. Yeah. You know, you could say what it is, but it is a self-defense mechanism. So you can be the evil ninja or you could be the good ninja. You know, I really do believe that. But I think some people in that article, yeah, they, they, they're all good people. I just think there's just some weird shit that is going on, nationalism and all that just weirds me out, man. Yeah, it freaked me out reading that. And the response to it uh, was also very, uh, it was a lot... A lot of everything I didn't want to do like it has nothing like that. Like that's exactly the reason I ran away from, you know, anything corporate, anything conformist, anything, you know, art is about individuality and expression and peace and love. Like I, that's just where I get like a little. Yeah, that was a really that it, that that sort of sub scene in in. New York, the last place I would have thought is is really pretty bugged out. It was that that alt shit that you know whatever that is. Uh, I'm not down with that, and I feel like that that's a a big step. You know, if you're doing if you do ethnic characters, but you do them from a loving place and you do them to try and be as authentic as possible, and they're fucking funny. It's not like you're mocking somebody. Yeah. Uh, in a spiteful way, you know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. a hateful way. And I think that's the differentiation that a, a lot of these, a lot of young people aren't able to make that, they just hear something and they're like, oh my God, I've got, it's it's wrong and it's offensive and I've got a tweet about it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, and it, it, that is not the intent behind it. And I, I don't want to get, you know, you're not gonna fucking shut me down. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm gonna do what the fuck I do and I feel like we, you know, as artists, there's going to be offensive stuff. There's going to be stuff out there. I remember in the 80s, that guy who did the piss Christ, <laughs> where he's got a cross and a bowl of urine and everybody's like, oh. A lot about yeah. attention. Yeah, that's why I'm not that fearful of that stuff because a lot of it is like about attention. And with art, 
you know, just making negative, loud, crazy, piss on cry. Yeah, you, all you're doing is trying to get eyeballs. You know, it's a little bit of that troll mentality. So I get that that's a that's a majority of it. Yeah, uh, but I just, you know, I just, I just, I don't know. Like in terms of like the club scene, I get weirded out. You know, I don't know. I, I like the alt scene too, but I get weirded out by them. I, I I've yeah. always been somebody that. I didn't ever fit in with either of them, but I kind of like how things are going now. Like, uh, and I do, I do think independent shows are going to pop back up. And some of the rooms in Brooklyn, I liked a lot, but some of the clubs I like a lot. I just don't like the shady shit, man. Yeah. It's, it's very, the problem with comedy is the business. You know, it's always been, it, it, it's <clears throat> like, I am not relishing going back to, there are a few clubs in particular. I'm not relishing dealing with that, that's the, the toxicity of that goes on with, you know, in, in these clubs, you know, I love, I, I just want to be on stage and make people laugh. I yeah. don't want to, you know, sit down and fucking break balls and, and, you know, who's doing what and who's, you know, but hanging with comics is cool, but yeah, I know what you're saying, but you, you're kind of, yeah, we're at the age that we don't even need that. Like I'm at the age, I don't even need anything like that. That's what kind of bums me out about all of it. Cause it was just never like that before. I was like, these were the cool guys that didn't have real jobs. That's what I saw in you. I was like, these are the cool, funny dudes that didn't ever got real jobs and didn't play the soccer game. You know, I, I always liked that Patrice thing about did you, you ever hear him talk about comedy money? No. Like one comedy dollars worth 10 square dollars. You know? <laughs> That's like pimp talk. It's like, <laughs> not, but if you, I know if you make one, but it is great getting paid to do stand-up comedy. Like as crazy as it is, it's one of the most beautiful things it is. ever, dude. I mean, I've been around like surfing is beautiful. Skiing's beautiful, but to be able to feel telling jokes and making a room full of laugh is one of the most beautiful experience. You know, it's one of the coolest, it's one of the coolest feelings of all time, you know? It's a miracle. And that's why if you go to any group of people, if you're in a party or you're in a social setting and any, and you're sitting there with an astronaut and a guy that's a Navy SEAL and they're like, well, what do you do? And you you say, I'm a stand-up comic. Everybody wants to know about that. Everybody wants to hear about that shit. Cause <laughs> it's like a miracle that you can go up there and make people laugh with this thing that's in your head and, and get paid for it? Are you kidding me? You know, that is such a gift and I'm always so grateful. It's just the politics it's that go so on. Yeah. With the clubs and the this and the that, and if you're hot and if you're not, and you know, it's just not, there's so much that isn't just about being funny and that is the part of the business that I just. But I, the I, older I get, the more you, with meditation, you really can check out of that because that that is just a head game. You know, it's just like when you think about high school and the shit you would have thought about in high school or the shit you thought about in college and you would fret over it. And then you look back and like, why did I fret over that shit? Like, I really think I'm going to be 70 and I'm going to be thinking about some club owner that didn't pass me or some dude that slighted me or maybe that dude took my joke. Like, I don't want to even think about, I want to look at the birds. You know, I don't even want to, I don't even want to think about it, you know? Uh, so I do think, yeah, if you're just born to do it, like, I just think I always go back to your essence and DC Benny, you're one of the best comics, one of the best stand-up comics and funny essence. And I'm just glad you're still alive and doing what you do. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. You know? Well, I appreciate it, brother. And I, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, your your show. I wish you lots of luck with it. I hopefully will be able to collaborate and do some stuff in the future. We're like minded in that we don't necessarily fit into one particular scene seamlessly. We kind of bounce around from different ones, and that and that is, you know, that's I think a great way to be. And and we both that's the real it. ones, yeah, man. You know, love comedy. So I, I hopefully I look forward to getting back to just making people laugh and, and making that uh, comedy dollar that's 10 of every other dollar squared up. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta admit, man, it's, it's uh, yeah, I well, got, uh, got you too long, man. I'll let you go. It's okay, bro. I had a, I had a great, it was great seeing you and just chatting, talking a little comedy and all that stuff. And and yeah, man, I appreciate uh, anybody out there. I have a special on YouTube. It's free that uh, on Bill Burr's channel, the all things comedy called Adrift in predicaments and uh, yeah, all my, if you go, please subscribe to my 
DC Benny YouTube channel because I put up these videos and there are a lot of these stories and I would love for you to see them. All right. I've seen them. You They're know? great. Yeah. Yeah. Please find his YouTube channel. You know, did you just give it out correctly? Because the people's YouTube channels all over the map. Oh, it, I, I don't know. It's just DC Benny YouTube channel. I don't know the. Yeah. Yeah. There's a picture and there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds of clips. Just, stand -up clips yeah. You know? You've lived a great life, DC, and you're just an awesome DC dude. Uh, and that's why I love talking. We could talk forever about go-go music. And, you know, I, 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 I always look forward to seeing you, but I'll let you go, man. Thank you so much for doing the Cannabis Coffee Hour, buddy. All right, man. Uh, take care of yourself, man. Uh, stay healthy and best to the family. All right, bro? Same, same. All right. Peace, brother.